We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, Justin here to talk to you about my bookie, you know, our favorite sponsor here on Land Sharks After Dark. Uh, they've been with us all football season. They've been great so far. Uh, really enjoyed not just uh, reading these ads to you, but also using my bookie uh, myself and then getting to use it on the show, user lines on the show. It's super simple, um, easy for you to use. And the good news is if you sign up using our code SHARK25, you're going to get a deposit match, you're going to get bonus cash, all kinds of good stuff like that to make it uh, even more fun for you in the beginning. Um, so I can't encourage you enough. Really, guys, go sign up for my bookie. Just head over to Google, type in my bookie. Um, easy sign up process, like I said. Uh, put some money in there. Use our code SHARK25. Spell out SHARK and then use 25, and you're going to get uh, the $25 bonus cash, the deposit match, all that stuff. With my bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. It's that simple. Uh, let's get on to the show. Welcome to Land Sharks After Dark, your weekly dispatch from the dystopian reality that is Ole Miss Athletics. I'm your host, Justin Sanders, back after a bye week. Kind of took it with the team a little bit last week. And uh, rejoined my co-host, John Stefanczyk, back in the country. Uh, how you doing, man? You know, I keep thinking one of these weeks I'm going to come back from Germany and Jeff Vitter's going to be gone, but that hasn't happened wishful, yet. So. Wishful thinking. Yeah, you're an optimist, I see. I mean, I'm just – I mean, that – we we've bitched and moaned about how stupid the IHL structure is plenty of times on this show. Right, right. Still never ceases to amaze. An old school Landsharks After Dark talking point for sure. The fact that uh, just to refresh any listeners that maybe weren't with us because hey, we've seen a little bit of growth in the show, John. I don't know if you know that, but we're uh, we're pulling. Yeah, in some, well, some new not, yeah actually, I was, I was pre-game and the, the Patriots game at this, and my buddy was asking, "Hey, you know." podcast so i showed them on soundcloud and i was sitting there going where the hell did our viewership come from is that all is that our uh, well you know old miss is just having such a great season i think people are desperate for the content they're desperate for the content yeah that sounds about right no i think more likely is probably that uh old miss fans much like us doing this podcast right now are just a little uh, masochistic you know we're we we love the pain and maybe they just want to wallow in it a little bit with us here maybe hey maybe they're not old miss fans at all and they, they see a show with two presumably Ole Miss fans. They want to jump in and have a little shouldn't Freud, if you will. I mean, pronunciation mm-hmm. notwithstanding. A joke's on them, though, because you're not an Ole Miss fan, and I'm completely apathetic. I'm not an Ole Miss fan? Is that? I don't know. You've you've said yourself that you, I'm just trying to – it's hard to pin down. You know, sometimes you're an LSU fan. You're, you're definitely a Red Sox fan, right? Congratulations, by the way. Yeah, kind of an adopted Red Sox fan. I wouldn't say. No, you're the you're the best kind of Ole Miss fan, the kind that is, uh, you know, not happy uh, with anything that's going on. As you I'm as you still, shouldn't I'm be. I'm still I'm still pissed off. They bitched Tunzel in 2015. I mean, that's sure. My... Yeah, this is the the quintessential Ole Miss fan right here. Is that you're we're still hanging on to that stuff? I don't blame you. Again, that's your right as an Ole Miss fan. No, what are we even gonna believe? What are we even gonna pretend to care about until? You know, for the next five years, we got, I mean, we got half a decade of six and six Matt Luke coming up. So I, I know, I know you aren't wrong. I mean, that is, that is pretty much where we're at here. Um, you know, we, I mentioned that we didn't have an episode after last week. I had the pleasure of attending the Auburn game in Oxford. I paid 25 us dollars to renew my ESP employer, which for, um, probably most people are not familiar with that. In Europe, you can buy ESPN Player, which is basically watch ESPN for Europe, and it has all the NCAA football games. 
Yeah, for, and you, you spent real money on this. I and, spent money because I because I'm going to be back over there in November, so I'm like, sure. you know what? I get three three weekends worth of games. Mm-hmm. That's totally fine. And I spent money to watch that just joke of a game. You know, LSU last year, really even Auburn this year, A and M last year. I mean, Luke is. When's Luke going to kind of jump up and get a win here in a manner that doesn't involve him injuring the, op- the opposing team's quarterback? <laughs> right. Well, That's- I mean, he's had opportunities. That, that that Auburn game is extremely frustrating to attend. Honestly, like I, I could have gotten someone else to, to fill in for you last week. I could have had a guest host on the show. But I was just honestly too filled with apathy after that. Um, from the very first drive on, I mean – some questionable calls for sure on that first drive, the targeting on Miles Battle, all that. Uh, but, I mean, you can't blame the refs all day when your supposed powerhouse offense just looks like completely shut down. Obviously, Auburn's defense is better than their offense, but uh, still, you would think that Longo could maybe, again, I will say it, draw up a play or two, you know, maybe have something designed uh, that they could, they could produce. But, no, I mean, that nothing – Nothing to that effect until the fourth quarter, really, when it was completely garbage time. I mean, the game was close at halftime, like 10-6, something like that. Auburn comes out and just destroys Ole Miss in the third quarter. Um, I just, I, I, I didn't even know where to go with that. You know, I, I speculated maybe, at least in the Arkansas game, after DK Metcalf went out with that injury, the offense looked a little bit more, you know, dink and dunk, get yards where you can, less wasted plays on throws down the field. Uh, maybe with DK out, it wouldn't be such a big loss. I definitely did not feel that way watching the Auburn game. Um, it, it seemed like they had, were completely one-dimensional. Uh, Auburn's defense was just kind of staying down the box. You know, they didn't have to worry as much about DK Metcalf taking the top off and just, I, I don't know, the offense looked not good. It was not encouraging. Obviously, the defense is left on the schedule with the exception of Mississippi State. Um, probably won't present quite as much of a challenge. I mean, Vanderbilt always has a good defense under Mason. He's a he's a defensive mind. Uh, and A&M, you know, the, I think they'll be a good defense. But uh, Auburn, uh, giving them some credit, I, I think they do have talent on defense. But Gus looked completely detached from that game in the first half. It really was right there for Ole Miss to take and uh, just wasn't happening. Um, so, some more thoughts uh, from the stadium. Uh, we got barbecue nachos. They were, frankly, the saddest barbecue nachos I've ever seen. I mean, maybe 12 chips, about two spoons of pulled pork. And if that's just not, uh, you know, the entire Ole Miss administration and uh, state of the program in a nutshell right there, I don't know what is. That that was fitting. Um, didn't really get to spend any time in the Grove or anything. We kind of drove in from Memphis, headed out after the game. The, the one positive, I will say, from that dreadful showing, it was really easy to leave. The traffic was not bad at all. A lot of people left in the first half. A lot of people went yeah. back and tailgated after the game because I think, you know, if, if putting myself in their shoes, they're saying, well, I spent money on this dumbass tailgate set up for this, this team that isn't committed to winning at all. I'm committed to tailgating apparently, so I'm going to go sit in the grove, sit in the circle, watch, you know, whatever other games are on. I will say I got to see some – uh some good friends from old times. Uh, Paul Ferrer was in town from out of the country. That was exciting. Saw our buddy John Stevens. Uh, Where, where's Paul Ferrer living now? France? Do I he's, yeah, he's, that is correct. Uh, living in Normandy. Got the rundown from him. Uh, sounds like he and he and Rachel have a really cool thing going there. Uh, definitely, you know, would love to uh, be able to stop by and visit them in Normandy sometime. But they're in Normandy. I should fly over. Yeah, you should. It was. Uh, it sounds like really cool uh, setup they got going. I wouldn't mind living in France at all. I don't think. Um, saw Matt Duck on the circle. Good to see him. Uh, if I'm forgetting anybody, excuse me. It was. It was a few days ago now, a couple weeks ago. But uh, I mean, there, there were some positives, but none were taking place in the stadium. No, nothing on the field would. Uh, what I characterize as a positive. Um, you know, had the bye week this week, leaving the, leaving the game. I think I, I texted you, you know, I, there's no way in hell this team's going to beat South Carolina. Well, we're going to find out here on Saturday. Um, yeah, the game. South Carolina is not a good team. It's a coin flip. It's kind of a, you know, really it's interesting. I mean, a lot of the general mood towards this team is a lot of, is very much one of dissatisfaction. But mm-hmm. with that being said, I mean, they're really on, or you could argue, a game of, I mean, realistically, a game of head of schedule compared to where we thought they'd be in the preseason. Do pre-season. you think so? What, what game do you think they, I mean, I think they're on schedule. I think beating Texas Tech and Arkansas 
was what you would expect this team to do, given what those I think they are. could have lost to Tech. They could have, especially now looking at Tech, who looks pretty decent. I mean, that, that's actually a decent win. It is. I, I, it's, you know, a lot of good luck happened in that game. You know, you had the, the first play DK Metcalf score to kind of put them on their heels early. Obviously, their quarterback goes down on, the, I want to say, their first drive. Uh, the backup turned out to be better down the line, but, I mean, thrown into his first game, that's rough. And, I mean, Kingsbury is on his third-string quarterback now. I think Bowman's hurt. So, kind of want to give props to Kingsbury for what he's done there. But I'm sure he looks at Ole Miss's defense now and just – it's got to be some burning shame, you know. To, to, to I can't believe me, an offensive guru, lost to that defense. That's uh, That's got to sting. Yeah, but it is what it is. It happens. And, and Arkansas, obviously, is, has kind of gotten Ole Miss's goat a lot in recent years. But, I mean, what are they, 2-7, and 3-7 and seven now, 3-6 and six now? What am I, am I? I might be off. Three. They are 2-7. and 2-7, and seven, yeah, because they, they beat Tulsa uh, the week after the Ole Miss game. But, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's not, a, it's not a good team by any stretch. So, yeah, I, but at the same time, I think your point was – Coming into the season, you say you lose to LSU, Bama, and Auburn, and that's what you expect through this stretch. Um, I think people are disappointed because didn't muster even uh, a, a semblance of a fight against Alabama or LSU outside of you know the one play that that you led Alabama for early in the game. Um, and obviously, that's that means nothing. That's that's not any type that your football sixty minutes, all that. Uh, and then against Auburn, they looked very beatable. They just lost to Tennessee, and I mean, I just I, I think Ole Miss really had a chance. That's how it felt a little bit in the stadium. The crowd wasn't great, weather wasn't great, um, but still, it seemed like a game that team should have been able to go out and at least you know put up some more points. So the, if that third quarter happened, it wasn't the complete dagger to the heart that it was. Um, so I, I think that's where the frustration comes from. Uh, but you're right. I mean, five and three at this point before the season you probably would have taken it right yeah but they just haven't i mean they've kind of out athleted their way by mediocre teams and they've been out coached against good ones i think that's mm-hmm. which is kind of the uh, longest special it seems yeah i mean i surely both coordinators are gone this offseason i would imagine oh god you have to hope i mean i i think the I think six. That, I think six and six is the perfect record because in the bigger picture, they at least were even the last year, so they're not regressing, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But they finish one and three. They go two and six in the league. It, it, it's very easy and convincing that changes need to be made. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, and I, even seven and five, which I, I'm not by any stretch predicting seven and five. I think five and seven is is a very real possibility at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but but even seven and five, I would I would hope that Matt Luke wouldn't try to say, you know, the defense is moving in the right direction or anything like that. I mean, I, I guess the maybe if they were to you know either beat South Carolina or beat Vanderbilt, um, you know, I don't think they'll beat A and M, but I mean, I guess they are beatable. They just lost in Starkville. Um, if they somehow came up with a very emotional egg bowl win to get to seven and five, or, I mean, God forbid eight and four, I don't think that's going to happen, but if that was to happen, yeah, that might actually be like you're saying, kind of a, a curse more than a blessing as, as far as the staff is concerned. Because, I mean, I think that's in all reality, why Matt Luke is the head coach at Ole Miss is because of an, an emotional egg bowl win in Starkville last season. I mean, it certainly felt that way at the time. It seemed like that was kind of blinding a lot of people that before that had never really considered Matt Luke as a real candidate. And, uh, yeah, I I would be very sad as a fan, especially if McGriff was uh, still the defensive coordinator next year, but I think Longo needs to go in the eyes of most people as well. The question is, who does Matt Luke hire as the offensive coordinator? What does he want? Is it a Noble Zone type? And I think a lot of people are kind of very down on that possibility as well. So I, I have no idea what the future holds in that regard. It's interesting. Luke's really going to kind of – this is his shot to to make it his program. Mm-hmm. Which I think he needs to do. I mean, if he's serious about, you know, not just being a placeholder while the sanctions run out, um, he, he's got to yeah. put a stamp on it. He's got he's to do something identity-wise. This is his one shot to make it happen. Because this still really feels like Freeze's team, doesn't it? I mean, it's, it's the coordinators that Freeze hired for the most part outside of a couple of guys – 
Uh, yep. It's athletes that freeze almost freeze completely record, recruited today, and Luke has to change that. Yeah, and, and I think I think that everyone kind of agrees that, yeah, like you said, if there's gonna be any type of future for Luke, he has to do something that's his own decision and not just continue on with this kind of, uh, you know, I don't know what the analogy even is. It's like a sick horse kind of limping along, uh, and I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe firing the coordinators changing styles maybe you go more to a, a, a pro style or a power run i don't know what he wants to do but maybe that's kind of you know shooting the horse and starting new we'll see um i don't know did you uh, did you have any thoughts uh, watching the auburn game was it like late at night there how's the timing work out i guess it was like uh, 8 p.m six o'clock it's okay it's not, it's not bad Germany's six hours ahead of eastern time zone hope you had some signs of beer with you in the hotel room to watch that one. Oh yeah it was Absolutely needed to watch them go out there and oh yeah, mm-hmm. completely piss away a shot at having a semi-legitimate win. But I mean, just just to, uh, you know, just sidebar this into something much more pleasant and interesting to talk about. Are there like brands of German beer that you like now, or is it not really like what is it? How's that go? Is there is it more like <laughs> that far? I mean, typically it's like what's I mean, it's all pretty damn good. So it's a matter of what. So is stop. it like a local type? Okay, it's a, it's like do you want a Pilsner? Is that do you want of... a Weiss beer? Dunkles Weiss, Dunkle. Right, give us the rundown. What is that? Each, what what is that? Each type. What does that kind of refer to? Weiss beer is wheat beer. Okay. You have a dark wheat, a light wheat, and then you have a a Dunkel is a dark beer. Okay. What what do you go for? What's your preferred? Uh, kind of depends on what mood I'm in. Okay. I like a good, that. A good vice beer is kind of the default go-to. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like a, is that so? That would be similar to like a hefeweizen, if you. Uh, hef's a little bit lighter. Wheat okay. beer. Uh, a vice beer is typically a little bit heavier wheat. Okay, so a like hef- a, like an amber. Uh, we're talking. Uh, not really. Hey, ish. Not quite, but. Hmm. Kind of probably the best way. So you said there's it's all pretty damn good. Are these like local things? It's like these national brands. Oh, yeah, there's like a gazillion breweries that started in the 13th, 14th, mm-hmm. 14th, 15th centuries that have been doing this a while. Mm-hmm. So cool. Well, that's it's again. This is it's a much happier topic than uh you know the stated goal of the show. So I figured we lighten enough people a little bit. Um. Let's see. I mean, I guess thinking about what else we missed last week. I don't know if we want to talk about that. Uh, some other games. I don't think it's that. I think in general, November, especially watching the SEC all these years, November is really kind of the. It's the month where I mean, the pretenders and the real and the real teams differentiate themselves. Wait, are you saying? Are you saying they remember November, John? That's what I'm saying. I'm saying all Houston had that correct. You know, Luke basically said that today. It pretty That's much, cute. yeah. He basically said November is what matters, and I was just like, "Oh God, Houston, nut. we're back. We're back to where we started. Come on, man." Uh, it's more than a more than a month matters for you, Matt. But you know, of course, if he goes, if he wins out and goes, uh, what would that be? Eight and four, or, or yeah. sorry, no. If he no, won out, it'd be nine and three. That'd be insane. Nine and three, lol, which won't happen. But no, no. I mean, all of a sudden, that, that's frankly, that'd be overachieving because well, you, yeah, you have to keep this damn staff. Yeah, no, not that. Yeah, would, we don't want that to happen. That would probably be disastrous. You're right, and, and also there'd be almost no way you would not regress a lot. I mean, we talked a little bit about next year's schedule, but I mean, I I don't see how you could, and, and I mean, it's it's so moot. I mean, we've watched the games on the field. The defense is incapable of beating like a, an offense with a pulse. Like honestly, and the, yeah. the the two best offensive they've offenses they've played. The starting quarterback missed a majority of the game, um, and, and in the case of Arkansas, also the starting running back. Um, so I mean. I just, I, yeah, it would be crazy if they were to win out. I just think that's completely ridiculous given what we've all seen with our own eyes. Uh, I mean, I've said I have not watched as much football as a lot of people probably listen to this show, people in the Ole Miss fan base. But to me, it's the worst defense that I've personally watched. I mean, just consistently. You know, if you think back to 2014, 
the feeling you would get when a team would throw the ball, like, oh, like something good is probably going to happen for Ole Miss. It's just the complete polar opposite of that, where any any type of pass in the air or running back in any type of space or anything, you just know there's about to be three missed tackles. There's about to be somebody diving, you know, to try to break up a pass and then just completely, you know, leave the guy open for the next 40 yards. It's just it's, it's this inevitable feeling of dread when you watch this defense. <laughs> they uh they continue to redefine suck every week it really seems that way and it's just like it it's hard to you know find the give a damn as a fan watching this defense hey but 90 percent of tackling's desire so i'm glad we figured that out today. yeah that's, that was that was mcgriff's uh new um kind of i don't know down down home saying for today it was eye discipline for several weeks uh earlier in the season we just had to get our eyes right um and so now it's just that they they so I guess what he's saying is if tackling is ninety percent desire, then they just our players don't want to tackle the person. That's what's happened this whole time. Like that that I don't know if he knows that makes him look even stupider. Because what did you not tell him about the rules that like hey you your job is to go tackle that guy. It's like because that's I, something's going on. I don't know why, but I guess they just don't want it bad enough. Wesley, Jesus Christ, it, it gives me like a. I don't know, like I can hear the blood pounding in my ears when I start thinking about <laughs> Wesley McGriff and, and the way his defense plays because it's just, I don't even have the words for it. I don't, I don't understand. Um, about South Carolina, you said they're not a good team. We were talking before the show. They have what four and three record. Um, who have they beaten? Who have they not beaten? I am pulling this up here. They, have, they don't really have any good ones, correct? Who? Uh, let's see. Very mediocre team. Very, I mean, very winnable game Saturday. It's going to be kind of a. I think one one factor that's not at Ole Miss's favor. I think the crowd will will probably not be good. What's it going to take for the crowd to come back and not be just pissed off the whole time? I honestly don't know because you would think that Auburn game. Uh, I mean, even though you had the two brutal losses to LSU and Alabama before that, still you were coming off the Arkansas win. There seemed to be some momentum. Our Auburn had just lost to Tennessee. It seemed like a winnable game. Uh, and yet, I, I mean, I would say 65% full at kickoff. I mean, and and it just it didn't get better by any stretch. I mean, it kind of just went downhill. Uh, and it's not just numbers. I mean, the crowd just seems seemed not engaged. Uh, they, weren't, they just weren't really in it at all. And I mean, I think we aren't naive old miss is is not known for good football crowds necessarily i mean we've been at games that had incredible crowds um 2014 alabama game stands out of course uh but many other games since then games old miss lost i mean lsu games and uh it really it's it's just kind of sad that i mean i i think i i really i hate to sound like a broken record but I think it's it's fun to have a great offense, and we want to have a high-powered offense, and we love having you know dominant wide receivers. But when you're going to a game and you just know that you're going to be groaning every play on defense, it just saps your your energy as a fan. It takes that edge away from the team, uh, and you and honestly, you can't tell me that that doesn't you know kind of rub off on the offense too. I mean, they know they have to go out there and perform, but I think it also kind of is, is deflating. When you think you have a good offense, but you know it probably won't matter against a team that, that can move the ball. Like, look at the third quarter against Auburn. How do you think the offense felt uh, when the defense just getting pounded over and over, you know, running backs, gashing for 60 yards, stuff like that? It's just demoralizing. Uh, and I think it, it, it trickles down to the fan base, absolutely. So, I again, I, I think a lot of the blame lays at the feet of the defensive coaches, specifically Coach McGriff, who I've, you know, ad nauseum this season kind of bashed, but... You know, I think that takes a lot out of the fan base. Yeah. I don't know. I think everybody just kind of really at the end of the day needs a break after a whole NCAA. Yeah, there's that that too. It's It's been a long – I mean, and then you, the free scandal. I mean, that that's demoralizing and embarrassing as well. I mean, a lot of Ole Miss fans, sadly, I think we we would say ourselves included at, at, at certain points in his career, kind of thought – um, you know, the haters were wrong and that he was actually a good coach and that, you know, he was going to do big things at Ole Miss. And in, in a lot of the respects he did, you know, beat Alabama twice and won the Sugar Bowl. But at the end of the day, I think he was a fraud and a charlatan. And uh, I mean, even beyond 
just his his personal shortcomings and the embarrassment of all of that. I mean, I, you look at the product on the field now, and the product on the field is last season when he went five and seven. Um, and it's hard to feel like you know very confident that he was totally up to the job of being SC West head coach. I don't know. But what do you what do you, what's your judgment on that? Do you think do you think it's all personal problems with Freeze? And if he could have you know kept it together, it would have been fine on the field. Uh, I don't think he knew how to handle success. Mm-hmm. At yeah. that point in his career, anyway. Yeah, it it certainly seems that way. Um, oh man, that's a little little rant. Nice little rant to get right. off the chest there. Uh, looking at South Carolina, uh, they beat Missouri by two. Um, they they only lose to Texas A and M by three. You know, again, I'm not sure exactly what Texas A and M is. Obviously, Jimbo Fisher is a good coach. Um, but. I don't know how good you really think A and M is. I don't know. I don't think they should be ranked. I think they're certainly better than Ole Miss and Arkansas, but that's probably about where they are in the league. Or I mean, in the West, right? I mean, they're probably about uh, number five. Uh, let's see. Bama's better. LSU's better. It's probably them and Auburn for for four and five. Them and Auburn, and they play this weekend. Really interesting slate of games. You got Auburn A and M, which in its own its own setting is. Very I mean, interesting. Yeah, as SEC fans, it's interesting to see where those two stack up. Yeah. Where do they stack up? I mean, you expect A&M to win, quite frankly, but. You do, we'll but, I mean, I don't know. I I can see that game going either way. I think A&M is probably feeling a little low after losing in Starkville. I didn't get to watch that game, but, uh, you know, it seems like everything went right for State for a change uh, as opposed to some of their losses this season. You've got a. <clears throat> LSU Alabama kind of yeah huge there. huge yeah. game of course yeah free, free shot for LSU to really steal something I mean I, I think Alabama is ten points better than the next best team this year yeah and I mean we're gonna get to it in lines of the week but I'm I I don't know I still think that that Alabama minus fourteen is that's that's a lot of points that's a lot of uh, disrespect to Ed Orgeron right there is that what it is fourteen. I think so. That's what uh, that's what Ryan McDermott was saying earlier. Let me let me check on my bookie. A little lines of the week preview here. Uh, that would, yeah. I mean, Alabama minus fourteen. Yeah, and it's it's in uh, it's in Death Valley. Yeah. Interesting. That is a lot I mean, of points. I think Alabama probably deserves that spread. Quite frankly, especially Devin White being out the first half. That's, yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah. You got to think that's a big influence here. There's that uh, Georgia Kentucky Georgia wins they clinch the East I guess they more they more or less got back on track last weekend although yeah not was... being able to score from the one six plays in a row um, yeah it was a little bumpy that's uh that's disgusting quite frankly they, I mean they... it's, and it's not just if Georgia wins I mean if Kentucky wins they're gonna win the East so I mean it's that's a big yeah. game Wintergrat takes the East so. Yeah, because I think Kentucky will definitely handle Tennessee after that, and then that's the end of their conference schedule. So, uh, like we talked about earlier in the season, still a super interesting season going on in Lexington. Uh, still very, I mean, eleven and one is still a possibility. Ten and two is looking likely. I would say. Yeah, that's that's I mean, that's, that's huge for Stoops. Good for them. He's yeah. gonna see how much money he pars, parlays that into. Do you think he stays? That's 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 an interesting question. I don't. I doubt it, but you never know. Hmm. Yeah, that's. I, if he him him staying, I think would send a message about, um, you know how he feels about the rest of the SEC East right now. It's. I mean, the East is actually kind of interesting. We've talked about it in the past. I think Mullen is definitely of the of the last three guys that have been there. I think Mullen has the best chance to kind of take them somewhere, but we'll see. Um, obviously yep. Georgia's Georgia. I don't know what's going to happen to Missouri after Drew Locke is gone. Um, Vanderbilt I, needs to get rid of Derek Mason. I, I think most people agree with that. Uh, he's a nice guy. He, he knows how to coach defense, um, but they're not really going anywhere anytime fast under Mason. Uh, Tennessee, I have no idea what's going to happen with Pruitt, but it's it's there's some interesting storylines in the East that hasn't been that way in you know the last couple of years, I would say. It looks like Pro is at least going to be decent for a while there. Nothing spectacular. Yeah, I mean, I, he's he's in, he's making them better every week, right? That's not, that's not something you can really necessarily say about Ole Miss. So that's a positive. Yeah, I would agree with that. 
Any other games jump out to you this week? I don't know. We're kind of we're kind of um, betraying the lines of the week here. Um, let's see what what else do we have to say about that South Carolina game? I guess would be my question. So if you if you're matching Luke up with Muschamp, I I give the edge to Muschamp as a coach, right? Is that wrong? Yeah. What is uh, Jake Bentley? That's the South Carolina quarterback. It sounds right. Yeah. I mean, what does he do? That's kind of the game to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he's if he's decent, then he'll throw for a lot of yards against Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. And I don't really have a, a read on on what they like to do on offense. Um, this is this is one of those games where, you know, I don't I don't follow South Carolina at all. But you know, you get them on the schedule this year. I think before the season, we we're counting it as a loss. Maybe it seems a little more up in the air now. Some people like it, some people don't. We talked again kind of give it away the lines here but almost opens as a favorite now moved to more of a pick them uh some places including my book you have it old miss plus one so there's i'm not sure anybody really knows what's going to happen in this game um maybe the week off is is good for old miss i mean i don't i i don't know if you can really say that with any confidence but maybe they can get healthy at least there have been some injury problems yeah that's a coin flip i think um in the bigger picture of things, it's it's Alabama, Clemson are clearly the two best teams. Sure, Clemson's going to go undefeated. Huh? Notre Dame's going to go undefeated. Yep. Uh, Alabama, I would say, with quite a high degree of confidence, is going to go undefeated. Uh, who's the fourth team? I didn't see the the rankings. I know they released the the playoff rankings. You got Notre Dame. I mean, realistically, who's going to be in the playoff? Alabama, Clemson. I think Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Notre Dame, if they run the table, and they got to pick a fourth, which presumably is a one-loss Ohio State. But right. I'm not trying really to sure find it. Hold on. I'm trying to get the actual rankings up here so we can review this. Um, so many, so many clickbait. Are just show me the rankings from last week, guys. Come on. <laughs> um. Hmm. Here we go. Oh, collegefootballplayoff.com. This is perfect. Straight from the horse's mouth. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So, oh, of course, Oklahoma. No, this is last This is last year. What am I? Why don't they have the new? Oh, I hate this. What? What's Oklahoma's record? They lost to Texas. Is that their only loss? Mm-hmm. So they they're they're up there. Um. You know, a good. You would think a sports podcast might you know have this ready at least, even if they haven't. Read it until now. Maybe they would have it pulled up, but uh, you know that's that's why we're different. We're breaking the mold, uh, changing what you think a sports podcast might be. Um, so in the week ten ratings, what? Oh, we're forgetting about Michigan, John. How could you forget Michigan? Um, the the one loss teams: LSU, Michigan, Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State. Hey, uh, Shay, we're just gonna give them the silent treatment. Yeah, I know. That would be the ultimate insult, right? If we just never even acknowledged it. Yeah. Um, and then kind of more fringe teams. Uh, maybe if you had an eight-team playoff, things could get interesting for you know the UCFs. Mike Leach seven and one, Kentucky seven and one. Mike Leach has had a hell of a coaching job this year. Yeah, let's talk about let's talk about them winning with game day in town for the first time ever. How great is that? Beating Oregon, obviously it's old yeah. news now. And then but... they went to the farm and beat Stanford this past weekend, which I didn't really think they had a shot at doing. So. Very cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, honestly, this is this would be a great case for an eighteen playoff this year. I would love to see a field of eight. You got Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame. Uh, let's throw in Michigan, Ohio State. Uh, so we're at five. Um, I mean, let's do a UCF in there for a sixth, a Washington state for a seventh. And then, you know, the Georgia, LSU, Kentucky, Ohio state, Oklahoma, they're all in there for the eighth. I mean, that's, that's so much more fun than just the four team. Honestly, I feel like the, the call to expand the playoff has kind of lost steam uh, in the past year or so, but I just think it would be so much more fun for the viewer. Obviously you have to think about the players, Extra week of playing, extra week of depends injury. Depends on how many good teams there are. Realistically, there's, I'd say practically there's about one team that would, that can really give Bama a game at this point. That's Clemson. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, you put them on different sides of the bracket and then you, you let the games play out, right? And you probably still end up with Alabama Clemson National Championship. But how great is it for all those other fan bases to even think they have a shot, right? We all know how fun the, 
you know, March Madness is. Recapture a little bit of that. I just, I don't know. It, I, I think the real question would be, would you be willing to sacrifice a game of the regular season to make that happen? I don't know. That's that's it, it cut one of the meaningless non-conference games. Um, I think the people that would hurt the most are you know the the pay for play schools that that play in those games. They kind of travel around and get beat up for money. Um, yeah. Those would be the real victims there. But I mean, if Ole Miss was to cut SIU from the schedule this year or whatever, I don't see any great loss there. Um, I don't know. I I would be interested to know. Uh, after you pay out 1.1 million or whatever to that team, you know how much revenue is that meaningless non-conference weekend bringing in for the school? Maybe it's maybe it's more significant than I'm giving it credit for. I don't know. Um. All right, so where do we go from here, John? Uh, you know, we can do the lines of the week. Uh, you know, I want I do want to mention that that Ole Miss basketballs. Is upon us. Uh, the preseason starts on Friday. Uh, I think the regular season starts a week after that. So, I mean, there will at least be some other distractions uh, in November from this football team. Uh, and, I mean, I've said it on the show before, but I'm uh, I'm excited to see what, what goes on in uh, the Kermit Davis on this program. Uh, obviously, the first year is going to be transitional, but still, I think um, – Things are moving in the right direction. Ole Miss did not get DJ Jeffries. Uh, some people were saying that that was a possibility about a month ago, maybe two weeks ago. Uh, commits to Memphis, obviously. Penny Hardaway doing a great job there recruiting. If, if Memphis wanted him, it's not surprising at all that he would end up there. But you know, I'm not. I'm not going to get down on Kermit. Uh, you know, he, he he's got he's got plenty of room here to operate. He's, I still think he's doing a a good job on the recruiting trail. Um, you know, hard to compare. To AK, who was in year nine or whatever, but it, it seems like there's at least some new life in the program, um, and, and that's what you need in that. In... It's a fresh start. If he start, but ultimately he's gonna have to win too. Right, absolutely. But you know, we have we built the pavilion, uh, made the tough decision to move on from AK. Whether you were for or against it, and obviously a lot of people that we know were against it and thought that AK was treated unfairly and. You know, at the end of the day, that that very well may be true, but I still think it was probably the best for the program kind of just to, like you said, have a fresh start, clean break. And, I mean, to AK's credit, I don't think he necessarily holds a grudge against Ole Miss for doing it. I mean, maybe against Jeff Vitter, but, I mean, join the join the club. I think a lot of people hold grudges against yeah. Goofy Jeff. Um, but, hey, I mean, AK's on TV now. He's uh, going to be SEC Network analyst. I think, uh, you know, wish him all the best. I think that's a great fit for him. Uh, and if he really wants to, to coach, I'm sure he can get back, uh, you know, somewhere else in the next couple of years if he really wants to. So, um, yeah, like I said, Friday night, check that out. I think it's going to be a C Network Plus from the Pavilion. So, uh, you know, if you want some more Ole Miss related distraction that isn't, you know, whatever the even even if Ole Miss was to beat South Carolina, I'm sure it will be a shit fest on Saturday. I'm sure there will be lots of uh, just facepalm moments. So, there's there's that to look forward to. Um, let's see. Should we should we talk some lines, John? Should we should we do that now? Yep. Let's see if there's any value out there. All right. So we're heading on over to my bookie, our sponsor here on the show. Don't forget to use our code Shark Twenty Five. We got our lines of the week. Couple games on uh, Tuesday this week. Um, you know, obviously would never watch these shit games, but some people get excited about Tuesday night action, right? So you got Miami of Ohio versus Buffalo and Kent State versus Bowling Green. Uh, let's see that the Kent state Bowling green game is about to pick them. So if you're looking for a close game, maybe check that one out. Or if you're degenerate, you know, I know we have some of those listening to the show, uh, get your, get your action bets in. That'll, that'll make it worth watching. Uh, Wednesday ball state versus Toledo, whatever, uh, several Friday games, nothing really interesting at all. Temple versus UCF. I mean, watching UCF is always fun, right? Check out our boy Trey Nixon. Um, all right, moving on to the Saturday games. First one that looks well, I guess Iowa at Purdue could be interesting if you're really a Big Ten junkie, but forget that. Georgia minus ten at Kentucky or at open minus ten now nine and a half. I think they cover that. I think I, I definitely this is a, this is a two thirty game. Uh, I mean, I definitely will will be keeping an eye on this one just because I like this Kentucky team, um, and like I mentioned before, I think it's a fun story. Uh, I, I, I don't think Georgia is necessarily the world beater. They seem to be a few weeks ago. Um, I don't know. It, it, it could be a game. And if it is, 
I mean, hell yeah. That's a good point. Is Georgia really kind of fixed and organized, or are they this talented team kind of floundering this year? I mean, Kirby's made some – I mean, they seem to be really an average coach football team at this point. Yeah, I mean, that's what it seems like. I mean, they they beat Florida pretty handily in the end, but it was in question for quite a while there. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely a game worth watching. I will say Kentucky covers that just for the hell of it. Yeah. It's fun. Why not? Ohio State minus 21 hosting Nebraska. I think they go out and – Beat the crap out of Nebraska to feel what is, better. Uh, what is Nebraska's record now? They're uh, not two and, two and six. Whew. That's uh yeah, but it's a, a long haul. It's a long haul rebuild. Yeah, Florida minus six hosting Missouri. It's presuming Florida can recover physically, which I think. I mean, Missouri just played Kentucky, devastating loss. Yeah, by one point. Hey, can you tell me what happened? Football. What happened in the fourth quarter of that game? How did Kentucky score 12 points? Are we talking about four field goals? Are we talking about a no, field goal touchdown? No, touchdowns. Or I mean, they scored a touchdown as the time, as time expired. Oh, the okay. Right, right. I saw that. I saw that one, right? Uh, yeah. But did they miss an extra point or something before that? Why was uh, it 12? I don't know. I have no idea. Okay. Oh, no, it was 14-3, to three and they – they got it to 14-9. They went for two, didn't get it because they were trying oh. to get it to a three-point game. I see, I see. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Then uh, they didn't need to kick the last one, obviously. Kind of a kind of a rough season uh, for Mizzou, I'd say. I think that there was some some positive momentum heading into this season with Drew Locke being, you know, this talented passer yeah. and all they, of that. They, they've been a disappointment. Yeah, I mean, they, they – I think is Barry Odom's job in question? I think it's a fair – I mean, I don't know enough about where Missouri stands with the top. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure, but I, I think they have kind of disappointed uh, for sure. So I, what was this? What was the spread on that game again? Oh, you're, yeah, yeah, you're talking about the Kentucky. Uh, wait, hold on, sorry. No, uh, I was about Missouri, Missouri, Florida, Florida, Florida minus six. I think Florida covers. Yeah, I, I think so too. Looking at the rest of Missouri's schedule, and I think, like I said before, I think Mullen has has Florida moving in the right direction. I think they. They they beat they they do the Mullen special right I mean they're not going to lose to a team they're not supposed to lose to yeah except I mean you, you could say Kentucky but at the same time I think this is an but exceptional Kentucky's had their uh, lightning in a bottle season it's an exceptional Kentucky team I mean Kentucky never beats Florida or Mississippi State and they've done both this season I think yep, you kind of have to throw they're, out they've had an exceptional year yeah you have to throw out your traditional conception of Kentucky this year so yeah and they. If Georgia's disorganized and Kentucky goes out there and plays a good defense, they could they could steal a low-scoring game. It's quite possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a question. What's going on with Miami? I, I know the first week we, we saw them. I haven't seen them since then. They're favored by eight versus Duke this weekend. What's their record? Are they have a two to, or three loss team? I'm trying to figure point. that out right now. Uh, they are... They're aggressively average. Mm-hmm. Sounds about like what you could expect out of... Uh... What's his face, Mark Richt? Um, let's see. They lost, obviously, to LSU to start the season, and they lost to Boston College. Oh, and they lost to Virginia. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, hell, maybe maybe, maybe Duke could beat them too. Who knows? Um, let's see what else here. NC State minus seven, hosting Florida State. A rough surely, year for Willie Taggart. Surely you like it because that Florida State team redefined quit Saturday, right? Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know how they come back necessarily. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I wonder what Cam Akers is thinking right now. Obviously, still don't blame him at all for going to Florida State, but Jimbo bails on him. Uh, his freshman year is rough. Now he's a sophomore, and obviously things aren't going great. Um, and, I mean, I like I said, don't blame him at all for not going to Ole Miss under Hugh Freeze, but you look in Oxford, and uh, Scotty Phillips is having a hell of a season. It's like 700-something yards. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it makes you wonder, right? I wonder how he, yeah, how he perceives that. Yeah, that's been a – that has not worked out for him. Yeah, rough rough for the guy. I think I think he's a hell of a football player. Hopefully, uh, you know, it doesn't affect his long-term career. Is he the – it'd be interesting to see if he's a guy that kind of has, has not not a great college career just because of how bad the line is he's running behind, but that ends up being a late round or mm-hmm. even in a free agent pickup from the draft that goes on to have a – kind of an extended NFL career because 
It makes you wonder because I mean, coming out of high school, the the plaudits that were laid on him. I mean, he was a he was a can't miss type of guy, from what everybody said. I mean, yeah. you don't five star running backs are are hard to find. Yeah, um, he was considered surefire, but it hasn't happened. So it has not. Uh, here's a game. Uh, our friends from Lubbock hosting Oklahoma. They uh, the Sooners are minus ten and a half. Uh, big test for uh, for Texas Tech. They have two losses now. Is that right? What what happened with Iowa State this past week? And they lost they, to West Virginia. Iowa State beat those. They have, they have three. They have three losses. Yeah. Um. So I mean, they got a good win over Houston. We talked about in the past in the show. They beat TCU, beat Oklahoma State, but uh, they've lost to West Virginia, lost to Iowa State. I mean, I think Oklahoma will win, but I mean, ten and a half is a fairly narrow margin. Um, it's in Lubbock. If, if they cover, I think that's probably good. And then they have Texas the week after that. Uh, and then two very winnable games, I would say in Kansas state and Baylor. So, I mean, realistically probably looking at seven and five, not ideal, but I think after they lost to Ole Miss, the, the, the easy prediction was definitely, you know, four and eight type season. So seven and five still are turned around. Kingsbury is very good at doing just enough to, to stick around there. I mean, it's hard to fire yeah. the, the local guy, the, the hometown hero. I would say here's a live dog would be a Northwestern hosting Notre Dame. Oh, you think so? Yep. You Notre think... Dame is play Notre Dame has played down to its competition. Notre Dame only an eight point favorite as an undefeated potential playoff team. Do you do you think Notre Dame has, has could have a problem kind of being motivated for this game? Uh, I just think it'll be a close game. We'll see. I, what... I don't know much about Northwestern this season. Uh, have they played uh, some good teams close, or have they played any good teams at all? Let me see. Wisconsin this past weekend. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, thirty-one seventeen. Wisconsin uh, again. How how were they a top ten early in the season? Can someone please tell me? I have no idea. Too late. Yeah. Um. So that that could be a game there. Uh, that's a six fifteen kick. Um, let's see. What else are we seeing here on the slate? Oh, hmm. we already mentioned Texas A&M at Auburn. Auburn actually minus five. It's a little bit more than I expected for either, either team. What do you, what's your take on that? Auburn minus five. 11 a.m. kickoff. Uh, ho- hosting it. Wow. Yeah, hosting A and M. Wow. Yeah, it's, I mean, you got to think that A and M is is really hurt by their loss in Starkville and that spread. I would think A and M bounces back and wins that game. I don't trust Auburn. Yeah, doing- I, I like A and M plus five. I, I don't. I don't think that that Gus really has much of a team this year. I mean, who, who Washington, have they beaten? Washington minus nine and a half is too many points. Mm. Well, and and you kind of answered my question there with that. Who who has Auburn beaten Washington? But I mean, what do we think about the Huskies? I'm not really sure at this point. They're average. I mean, they benched their quarterback for a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, who are they playing minus nine and a half? Let me see here. Hell, uh, Stanford. Uh, Stanford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and then we'll see. Mike Leach hosting Cal shouldn't be a problem. Dave Patterson, ten point favorite over Penn State. That's interesting. Ooh, yeah. I, I haven't followed Penn State so much this season. How, can McSorley make plays against the Michigan defense? That's kind of a question to me. I I like I like Penn State uh, plus ten there. I mean maybe maybe Shea will continue to prove us wrong, but um, I I kind of think at some point the wheels might fall off for them. We'll see. Um, that's definitely interesting. I I like that. I like a And M plus five. Liking a lot of dogs this weekend. I tell you a game I don't like: South Carolina minus one. I have no idea. Again, eleven a.m. kickoff. Uh, the Ole Miss special this year. The Matt Luke special. Um, I just I don't know. I I, I guess coming out of the open date, Ole Miss might have some energy, but I don't really know how motivated they're going to be in that game. Uh, a little surprised that they haven't yet upheld the bowl ban. You know, there's always a chance that'll happen on Friday or something like that. That's kind of the NCAA uh, time to release news. Um, so, may, I mean, I, I, I doubt the player's really optimistic about it, but maybe, you know, until that judgment comes down, they can still kind of say, guys, we're one win away from eligibility, all of that. Um, I don't know. Again, I mentioned earlier, I think Muschamp gets the edge as a coach. Uh, both teams seem to be, you know, mediocre um, it's just anytime I, I watch our defense, I think about every coach on the schedule, especially think about guys like Jimbo Fisher, they're gonna have to play, uh, Ole Miss just thinking of all the different ways they could exploit how terrible that defense is. Right. So 
you know, it's hard for me to pick Ole Miss to win any game left on the schedule definitively, and this is this that includes this game. Um, I lose for a minute. Hang on. Oh, did you lose? Are you back? Did you lose me? Yeah, I'm back. Oh, okay. Well, I was just basically droning on about how I don't believe in Ole Miss and any of the games that are left from the schedule necessarily. I think they could easily lose all of them. They go uh, five is, I think. The best they could do is split it. Yeah, I think that's yeah. I think you're right about that. Well, I guess the theoretical best they could do would be three and one. Is you think the is I the one A and M or State? You, right. You beat you beat Carolina. You beat Vandy. You beat State. And then yeah, you get a you get an emotional win. Moorhead makes mistakes. He tries to force the the square peg into the round hole with Fitz again and. Misses the throws. Fitz is going to run all over the defense. Yeah, last time Fitz played in Oxford, 55-20, he's, he's going to be thinking about that again for sure. I mean, I've been saying all year that I think Fitz lost a step of speed, but Ole Miss's defense probably three steps slower from him, so it wasn't really matter. And then in that A&M game, he, he broke a, a long run at the end. He looked kind of like his old self. So, I mean, maybe maybe he's coming back into form a little bit. I have no idea. Um, I think he's definitely a, a confidence-based player. So if if they get rolling in Oxford, I, I do not think Ole Miss can keep up, and I definitely don't think the the defense can stop them. You know, they have they have some talented running backs, and and, and Fitz is a great runner, and I, I think that's probably a, a surefire loss. So I, I would say the best they can do is a split. Uh, but like I said, I, I think zero four is very much on the table. Um, I saw Vanderbilt beat Arkansas a lot of that game this past weekend. I think a lot of the things that Vanderbilt does uh, is going to give Ole Miss de- Ole Miss's defense a lot of a lot of troubles. We'll talk about this next week, but I mean, I saw a, a very successful screen game, uh, and Ole Miss's defense if nothing is nothing if not uh, constantly over pursuing. Um, you know, they're going to crash six men onto the quarterback while the running back and all the offensive linemen are downfield uh, running free, and and I think Vanderbilt's going to use the tight ends. I think they're going to you know they have two good running backs. Um, so I, I mean, I think going forward is very possible on the final stretch here. Um, the only game left at this point on, on the week, I believe is Alabama LSU, which you've already talked about a little bit, but Alabama is favored by 14, which is a whole lot of points going into Baton Rouge. But I mean, this is maybe, maybe Saban's best offense at Alabama. I think that's probably safe to say. I think absolutely. It's his best offense because of how good the quarterback is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Tagovailoa is very good. Is he going to win the Heisman? He should. I don't know if he will, but he should. Who who would be uh, who would take it from him? I don't know. Unless they just. I mean, I don't know how you take it from him, but yeah, so maybe. I mean, maybe if he just. Yeah, I mean, the other other people on this list are. I mean, Will Greer. Ed Oliver. I mean, no, Garner Minshew's on this list now. Uh, Benny Snell. I mean, it just, I, I think all of these guys are kind of in the class below Tagovailoa on this season so far. He's been nearly perfect. Yep. So I think I think that's uh, there's probably a big gap between Tagovailoa and then Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, Travis Eddy, and those guys. Um. So yeah, I mean, still that's going to be a great game to watch. I mean, damn, playing at seven thirty is is interesting. I mean, is this is this the two CBS week? Is that what's going on? Yep, doubleheader this week and okay. next, I believe. So, so that I mean, it, that is pretty cool. You get Georgia, Kentucky to determine the East at two thirty, and then you get Alabama, LSU to determine the West at seven. Uh, that's a great slate for CBS. So go ahead and get your uh, your painful Ole Miss South Carolina view out of the way at eleven a.m. and then you can watch some actual. Decent football after that. Yeah. Um, hmm. Is there a game on? Is there a game on Sunday? That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, Hawaii is playing on Sunday versus Utah State at at 11 p.m. It's a little strange. That's got to be 11 p.m. Saturday, right? I, maybe. Yeah. Maybe this is. Maybe my bookie is saying 11 p.m. Pacific or Hawaii time or whatever. It's got to be right. Okay. Uh-huh. Assume. Assume that's a mistake. That would just be weird. That's like a yeah. London game or something. Um, so, yeah, that's the lines of the week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, Google Google corrects it. Utah State number 18. Interesting. No idea. Fresno State number 20. Hmm. These are, these are, these are teams I know nothing about. Uh, but that's most teams. That's pretty much everybody. So not, not that surprising. Um, let's see. I mean, I think we pretty much – 
Oh, let's see. Covered the, the, the football landscape here. I'm, I'm trying to think of any big stories that we're uh, completely glossing over, especially in the SEC. I think we've talked about just about every team on this episode. Um, hmm. I think we've covered it. About to be coaching carousel season here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. What's interesting? What do we think is interesting from a coaching carousel standpoint? It's a good question. Uh, I feel like there was so much movement last year. This year is probably going to be like a lot quieter by comparison. Yeah, I mean, because last would, year, last year I you had. I agree. I mean, I, I think Gus is keeping his job. Yeah, probably. I mean, they owe him so much money. That's like it's like that's like firing Megan Kelly. That's just crazy. Well, NBC can write that check if they want. No, but... dear God, they have to. Uh, but I mean, uh, let's. I mean, last year, Florida, Tennessee, A and M. Those are all huge jobs that 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 changed hands last year. Um, I don't know. Uh, Urban Meyer's safe, right? Is he going to retire at some point, or is he just going to keep keep riding that horse? I don't know. It seemed He's like t- before the season, he was he was maybe you know could retire soonish, but I feel like all that's definitely settled down as the games have gone on. Yeah, we'll see what what happens with that. Well, could uh, could Mike Leach end up with a big job ever, or is he is he doomed? To... No, he's too goofy. He's too he's too off the wall. Yeah. That's sad. He seems to really know what he's doing. Yep. Um. Let's see. What other schools could be interesting this year? I mean, USC. USC is going to make a coaching change. I feel like. Yes. Yeah. I. I mean. I think Taggart gets another year at Florida State. That's man. exactly where I was going next. Yeah. There's been that's whispers. Be you can't. Uh, you, you can't. You can't replace him again, but. I mean, after the way things went with him at Oregon and and leaving after one year, and now this first year at Florida State, I think there's definitely some some unease there. Uh, Florida State fans don't seem to be the most patient bunch, I would say. No. Um, uh, obviously, Ed Orgeron is safe. Before the season, people thought maybe. Yeah, there's really. I mean, I guess the closest thing in the SEC would be, I guess, if you get Barry. Uh, yeah. Probably Barry. Him at this point if 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 stoops jumped for a bigger job i guess but i'm not sure where i mean i already mentioned Derek, oh, Derek mason but at the same time i'm not sure how motivated vandy's athletic director really is to do anything about football he seems to be a little laissez-faire um uh, with the program uh, i don't i don't think we're going to see a ton of movement in the sec this year um you kind of wish kind of wish gus had gone to arkansas just for the drama of it um oh yeah but i think that ship has sailed Chad Morris is is gonna get. I mean, I'd say probably at least two more years to to turn things around there. Even though, I mean, kind of got to give Arkansas a little bit of credit. Super rough season so far, but honestly, they seem to be a little more steady in their fan support than even Ole Miss is. I would say. Yeah, I mean, they kind of. It wouldn't surprise me if they made a decent jump next year. At least like a competitive six and six. And it's easy more. to forget. I mean, they have freaking John Chavis. They hold on to him. Their defense is gonna improve. They're gonna be good. At some yeah. point, um, he's, he's a great coordinator. Um, I, I mean, I think obviously as Ole Miss fans, we're going to be very attuned to what's going on with those coordinators. And on that front, I think there could be some some shuffling of, of coordinators around the league. I just don't. I'm not sure what's going to happen there. It's going to be a real test of uh, one Luke's ability to hire and two, you know, his Rolodex, his his capability to convince. I mean, I, I kind of doubt it happens, but I'm sure Ole Miss fans would love to see some quote-unquote name coordinators come up for those jobs. So it would be interesting. I mean, knowing Ole Miss, knowing Luke, he's going to promote freaking uh, John Sumrall and, and Jacob Peeler to be the OC in D.C., so we'll see. <laughs> that would be the good Rebel thing to do. Oh, God. He probably will. He probably will. I mean, that seems that seems logical at this point. Um, I mean, right. Why wouldn't he? Yeah, I mean they the, the linebackers are so good. Why why would we not promote Summerall? But hey, I mean Summerall's Summerall's uh you know got this reputation for some reason among Ole Miss fans as the the lone good guy on the staff, the lone smart one on the, on the I, defensive I, I, side. I just don't understand how most of this shit even gets developed. The storylines. I think people yeah. just. I think people with way too much time on their hands. People that post you know 150 times a day on Rebel Grove from their desk at work or whatever. Uh, they just kind of talk themselves into these things. I mean, you can see it before the season started. You can see it after the Texas A&M game. I mean, it, it, it's it's after the Arkansas win. It's insane the narratives that uh, 
Ole Miss fans, obviously fan bases all around the country do this, but this is the fan base that we see up close and personal. The, their, their ability to talk things into existence is just like no idea where this comes from. Um, but, hey, I mean, that's that's how Matt Luke became coach, right? Um, and, and so we'll see what happens next. Um, yeah, more power to him, though. I mean, they, uh, things could be worse, I guess. I, I still I still have no idea what it would have been like if they had hired – NC State guy Dave Doran. Um, apparently, you know that's who Bjork wanted, uh, and the chancellor overruled it. He would have been better than Luke. You would think. I think this year maybe would have been worse because I mean, if AJ Brown transferred out, I think it would have been really sad. Off- offense would have been run, run better. That's for sure. You think so? Longo Longo's scheme is just. It's a little, it's a little bit of a joke. So High school against good teams. Yeah, it, it, it just better. looks. It, it's not just that it doesn't work; it's that it it looks just terrible against teams with more talent. And you've seen it three times this year; just completely shut down. They would be schemed better on both sides of the ball. I don't know if it resulted anything in the win column, but we'd feel like hey, yeah, it's interesting to think about. And I mean, obviously, this show by no stretch is. Uh, big on defending Ross Bjork and the job he's done in the last few years, but I do think when discussing that, uh, you know, if if that's true and by all accounts it, it is what happened, uh, I guess you have to take that into account with Bjork. So I don't know, food for thought. Yep. Ooh, all right, guys, uh, we're gonna end the show there. Uh, again, apologies for uh, not talking to you last week, but I just I frankly couldn't uh, couldn't find the. Uh, the will within myself to discuss it. After. We could have gotten Gus fired, but we failed. Exactly. So. And just, and the fact that that was a reality. And I, I just really, if you listen to the show, you probably have heard. I just, I don't like, I don't like Auburn. Uh, just a lot of things about it. A lot of things about Auburn rub me the wrong way, both, you know, in recent history on the field and just in general, the fan base, et cetera, et cetera. And the fact that Luke had a chance to notch, uh, you, you know, what wouldn't be, a top twenty-five quality win, but it's still it's a it's a big time win over a school from Alabama. Uh, it would have been, I mean, outside of last year's Egg Bowl, which was very fluky, uh, probably his first real shot at a you know a win to hang his hat on, and and they just completely shit it away. I mean, that was just very disappointing to see. So we're back on that horse, though. We're we're back talking to you. We're gonna pull through this. Uh, you know, it's just football. Like I said, we got basketball on the horizon. I mean, John, I'm gonna. I don't want to make your head explode before the end of the season, but I gotta. I just gotta say, I think the baseball team's gonna be good. I call me crazy. I know the, the all that matters is the postseason, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I'll we'll we'll start talking about baseball on Memorial Day. Okay, and that's when the bracket seedings out. And that's yeah, we, that's not true. We're gonna talk about it for them because if we, yeah, we may as well it, quit the podcast. Baseball but, season starts Memorial Day. Absolutely, but this is a show of forecasting and prognostication, and they're returning uh, uh, pretty much the entire lineup from last year outside of Fortes. Uh, I think they got some interesting young pitchers, so uh, we're gonna see what happens there. Uh, you know, Bianco said today that there was some time that Servideo and Kessinger were the two best defensive shortstops in the league. I mean, those that's. It's a big claim to make, but I think there's there's going to be some interesting storylines there. So that's uh, off way in the distance here, but you know we we got to look at these things. Um, like I said, that's going to do it, John. Thank you so much for returning from Germany just through the show with me. Uh, if you had to come back for any other reason, I don't care to know about it. That's that's what I choose to believe. Glad to have you back in the states. When are you when are you returning? When are you leaving us again? So I'm actually flying back over Sunday. Oh man, again we, we barely get him back. I'm I'm on a two and two cadence, but with Thanksgiving, it's kind of a week early. Okay, got it. Uh, so uh, might have another another guest. Are you gonna are you gonna miss two full weeks again next uh, next time? Uh, unless we do a Sunday show like we've done in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we might be able to. We can we can probably figure that out. Uh, if beats Alabama, I might have to come on and just have a little parade about it. Wait, or Sharon. Yeah, a little before you before you fly out later that day. You mean? Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I think uh, I think nope. I'm open on Sunday, so that's a, that's a possibility. We'll see. Just uh, you know, st- stay tuned to your feeds, guys. We'll be in there. I think, I think two is going to kind of ha- personally. I think two is having his Heisman moment Saturday night because LSU's mm-hmm. a good enough team to where he uh, he might actually have to play four quarters. So wow, yeah, that for him. That's I mean, he might just get tired. He's not used to it. I know. That's he, a good conditioning he, though. 
Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll hear John when you hear him. Uh, I'll be back on here with whoever I can get, uh, whatever sad sucker I can suck into doing the show with me. Uh, and we'll just, we'll keep trudging along guys. I mean, there's Bedwell a, likes coming on cause he, uh, that likes like, to come on, act a fool. He likes to, uh, make his jokes and, uh, his characters and all, but you know, we do appreciate that. Of course. Uh, he's the, Mm, I wouldn't say the soul of the show, but he's uh he's something. He's definitely something. Uh, yeah. So stay tuned. Uh, we'll be back with you. Uh, but again, thank you, John, for taking the time out of your schedule for doing this. Uh, thanks to you, the listener, of course, for listening, supporting the show. Lots of different ways you can do that. Uh, I've said them all on here many times. Uh, but if you're really feeling generous, you know, head over to iTunes, leave us a five star review, drop a few nice words in there. Um, it'll help other people find the show and uh, hopefully keep our audience growing like it has been lately. So we really appreciate that. Um, you know, whether you're an Ole Miss fan or you hate Ole Miss and you're here to listen to us just kind of sadly devolve into what we've become now, you know, that's fine. Either way, thanks for supporting the show. Uh, you know, you can always hit up our sponsor, MyBookie. We appreciate them. And you can always uh, check out armchairallamericans.com. Uh, kind enough to, uh, to publish a show on their site as well. So we appreciate that. Um, but for now... For John, I am Justin. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll talk to you again next week.